Welcome back to the Present Tense Podcast. This is Andre, and hello everybody. Matt's here too. Um, and today we just wanted to talk about, so basically the other day I was at my girlfriend Leslie's and, you know, we were just talking about religion versus spirituality and just differences, the similarities and, you know, why people believe one thing versus another thing and how it all has the same concepts in the end, right? And, uh... Then we got a little deeper into the childhood traumas and just how we've grown up and how everything connects to back then, mentally, emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has this little this little deck of cards, and they're they're called the spiritual as fuck inspirational card <laughs> deck. <laughs> and she just she felt you know some energy that I've been feeling lately, and she pulled it out and had me pick one out and. Like I always do, picked one at random, and the card I pulled out read, Your wound is probably not your fault, but your healing is your responsibility. And it couldn't have been more perfect, Mm -hmm. um, seeing as originally we were supposed to record that day. Um, so it's just, it's, it's perfect, because it was exactly what I was feeling, and I just think that self-healing is so important to our progression and our evolution as people, as individuals, as humans. And um, so, yeah, I really wanted to talk about that today. Um, I thought we'd start with the wound aspect and then jump into the self-healing aspect and how we self-heal. The levels of self-healing and cool yeah i think it's super important and i know self-healing is another one of those buzzwords that just gets thrown about as something that we're supposed to know what that is and i think it's another one like we went through the ego and spirituality and really trying to define those better and i think this one's super important because again it gets thrown out there all the time like oh you need to heal yourself oh okay but do we really know what that is um, how to do that, aspects of what it really entails. I think a lot of times it's just, oh, I'll just spend some time by myself, which can be a good start, but we need to actually take some more action than that. And I think what happens a lot of times, I'm guilty of it too, instead of healing, we take some time away from the situation and we end up just covering it up and shoving it down farther. So that becomes just another blockage of energy for us. And the more that we block it, the more we get layered on top of it, it's still there no matter what. And then when something hits that and it comes back up Mm -hmm. again, and instead of letting that pass through and heal, we continue just packing another Band-Aid on it, but not really healing the wound itself. So I think it's super important that that we define that better. Yeah, and I like to call that dealing versus healing. I think we we like to deal with things, and dealing means suppressing those feelings, suppressing those emotions, suppressing the wound that mm-hmm. we need to we need to work through, not not hold on to, not push to the bottom or the backs of our minds or what our hearts or whatever. Um, 
I think we we get so caught up in life that we don't allow ourselves to be present enough to heal ourselves mm. and we can never move forward and until we cover all bases and that starts with self-healing sure. so and i think it's really difficult because in order to heal we have to really feel the pain first mm -hmm. and that's difficult most of the times when something bad happens there's an initial feeling and then we want to numb that out whatever we use whether we're using physical substances to do that or we're doing something to distract us from what we're feeling mm -hmm. and for a time that may be what we need to do for a little bit but just know if that's your dealing mechanism that's still there we still haven't dealt with it we still haven't healed so instead of just like we said just covering it over or ignoring it with other activities other things to numb us out to it we really got to feel it and that part sucks. <laughs> There's no no getting around it. That, that's a hard thing to do that we always want to resist. It, it's extremely hard. As you can see right now, as I'm tearing up, I, I need to... Right now is a time where I really need to self-heal myself. Um, going through some things, some, some loss in my life. Um, some issues with my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it's been a rough week for me, so um, I'm trying my hardest not to put those feelings somewhere in the bunker. I am. Um, I'm allowing myself to feel. I'm allowing myself to cry. I'm mm. allowing myself to just sit and reflect. Um, and it's not easy. It's not easy at all. Uh, as it never really is because tragedies happen and trauma happens and hurt happens. So um, thank you for being here to help me through this. Well, I think that's a big part of it, right? Because sometimes when we're feeling that way, it's difficult to be around other people because I don't want to put my pain or my bad mood or whatever it is on someone else. Mm -hmm. So I think part of that healing is being able to have that time to yourself, but also knowing who you can be around, that you can be that open wound self with yeah. and be helped and not feel ashamed or guilty for doing that. I think that's a huge part of healing is being able to find the right people to be around that help us heal. Because mm -hmm. yeah, it is our own responsibility, but it's a big task, man. And having other people to help won't be a bad thing ever. <laughs> no, not at all. And that's that's one of the reasons why I've chosen to only have positive energy, positive people in my life at this stage of my life. Um, I feel I don't need much from anybody other than good energy, good vibes, and times of need. As I get older, I'm suffering more of these wounds, mm -hmm. as you, as the card would put it. <laughs> um, and I would not have been able to get through it just by myself or with any negative energy or negative people in my life. So mm -hmm. um, this it really helps to that I do have a great community 
that reaches out and knows when to kind of give me that space, but also knows when to, you know, say enough is enough. I'm calling you or right. you're going to come go for a walk <laughs> with me or whatever it is and just kind of help me handle what I got to handle. Yep. So. Awesome. Uh, so with these wounds, <clears throat> excuse me, I think a lot of them, and there are like just, you know, certain tragic things that happen in life that, that cause a wound. But for the most part, I feel like the majority of our wounds probably happen when we're pretty young. In our childhood, mm-hmm. inadvertently, our parents <laughs> mm-hmm. caused some of them. Uh, we experience things at a young age. And because we don't really know what they are, there's really no choice but to bury it mm-hmm. at that point. And then as we get older, something else happens that maybe unto itself, not that bad, but it triggers something that we buried when we were five, six years old. We didn't really know what it was. And this thing, this new event, triggered that and, and brought that up. So I think it's really important when we do feel those, those triggers and those wounds, yes, deal with the situation that, that, that happened, that triggered it. But also, we got to use that to kind of go back and pick through to find that root cause. Because we can have the initial, the immediate thing that happened, but the energy that blocked negative energy that's in our bodies that's stored in there is from where it started. So even though it sucks, I do always kind of, not to do the over positivity glass half full bullshit, Mm -hmm. but when something like that does happen, it is an opportunity for me to go back and kind of parse through and figure something else out. And the more I can do that, the more I can release that negative garbage and allow that to just flow through me as opposed to being stored in me. So when something does along the same lines happen in life again, I can feel that moment, feel that situation, feel the pain of that happening without carrying all the baggage from the past. And I just think that's just a pattern we do as humans. We have the initial trauma and then we have little things throughout the, the course of our life as we grow up and as we become adults that just keep adding on to that energy blockage or whatever you want to call it that's mm-hmm. kind of stored in our body. I think that's the pattern that we have. It's almost like you have to work in reverse in order to work forward. Um, disclaimer, Stranger Things is the perfect example of having to kind of go back and relive those moments. Okay. And um, that's the hardest part, right? Because... First of all, we're young. Mm-hmm. It's hard to kind of remember sure. those moments because in real time, you didn't want to be there. Right. You, you you wanted to be somewhere else. You wanted to pretend that it wasn't happening. You yeah. wanted to block it out. And, I mean, to go back 20, 30, 40 years to unblock something you blocked mm-hmm. as a child, it's not easy. No, it's not easy. So um, part of figuring out your wounds. And when I say wounds, I don't just mean in one sense of the word wound. I mean 
the physical aspect. I mean, the mental aspect. I mean, the emotional aspect. It, it hits us in all different shapes, forms, and sizes. So we really, truly have to be honest with ourselves. Dig really deep into ourselves and really say, you know, what was the root cause? Mm-hmm. And understand that it wasn't your fault. Right. You know, it, it. it's not something that we chose to happen to us or to go through, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something that we are responsible now for healing from and moving forward with. Right. For sure. It's definitely our, our responsibility. So just to stay in that... We can acknowledge it wasn't our fault, but that doesn't mean we stay in victim mode and just continue to be helpless mm-hmm. or allow the, the same feelings and the same pattern to exist with us without doing something about it. It is our responsibility. That's part of what I believe our path and our purpose here is to experience those traumatizing, wounding things and work to transcend them. You know, I think that's the most powerful work we can do and if we're able to do that for ourselves we're also able to help other people do that and like what what higher calling could we ever have as that like we discussed last week that thought of oneness and all together if we we are all that way healing ourselves does heal the collective as well and if we have the power to heal ourselves we have the power to help someone else do that as well it all adds it all adds into that and that's all that is our responsibility and that is our, that's our life's work mm-hmm. <laughs> on, 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 in this experience as far as, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And so with that being said, what is self-healing? Yeah, again, like we said, it's another one, one of those buzzwords that we, we, we throw around and it sounds cool. It sounds good. And oh, I'm going to take today and self-heal. I need a me day. But what is that actually? So we're going to go through a couple of, you know, different aspects of that. Uh, give, some, give some specifics and some workshops, some ideas that we can we can all do to really self heal and make sure we're not inadvertently ignoring and dealing. Mm-hmm. So self healing is defined as the process of recovery from ill health, usually emotional ill health, but self healing can also include accompanying physical health issues. Self-healing isn't a term that is generally used in psychological research. However, the process of self-healing from things like trauma, depression, anxiety, and stress are topics that are frequently studied. So we actually know quite a bit about how to heal the mind. Right. And again, how everything ties in, notice your mental state right now. If you're upset, you're agitated hurt, depressed, does that affect your physical well-being too? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Every time. So everything's interconnected in, in that way. So like I said, the first is, is, is really getting, like we said, getting to the root cause mm-hmm. of, of where it comes from, whether it is a physical, a mental, emotional thing, because it's going to show up in all three of those aspects. Mm-hmm. Finding that root cause first, and then we can heal the rest. But we got to find where it's which one of those three it exists in to begin with. And I know I say it probably once an episode, but it starts with being aware. Um, Being aware that you are 
going through a depression or anxiety or uh, a fear or an injury that, that, that's causing emotional and health issues upon yourself. Um, you have to be aware of that and take that first step of, okay, where is the root cause? Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the bare minimum starting point. Uh, you cannot begin until you figure that out or start to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I, I know a lot of my stuff bases off of fear. I, um, it, it's something I've been working on and something I've been trying to figure out where that fear comes from. Um, I think it's, it's a fear of losing family for me, uh, is a big one. And so I live with that every day, uh, fear of losing friends because it happens every month. It feels like, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I just have this overwhelming fear for others in my life, not necessarily myself. And I'm trying to work on healing from that thought and just trying to find that root cause of where this fear is truly coming from. Um, It hasn't been easy for me, but it's, I've started the process, I'll say, um, just trying to dig deep and really learn about my past of fear, mm-hmm. trauma from fear. What's well, interesting, you said you're not worried about, it's not a fear of yourself, your fear is worried about the, the health and safety of your friends and family. But in truth, because you've experienced loss, that is your fear. Is is the loss, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, we're concerned about about others, but you you you've experienced so much of it, you kind of think that's normal, mm-hmm. and so your fear is you have this expectation that that will continue to happen. Yeah, loss is going to keep happening, and that empty, helpless feeling in the pit of your stomach. There's just something you're going to have to just it's just going to keep hitting you over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it, it's really hard to come to terms with because I never want to get numb to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've just become so accustomed to it. And I, I hate that. Um, part of it, I believe, is I've always been of the leader type of character and um that's always been a role for me it's just playing that role and leading people and so you know this goes for sports this goes for life this goes for everything i hate to lose so um for me losing people i i i feel this overwhelming guilt like is there anything i could have done which goes back to the wounds it's not my fault it's my responsibility to heal from it but and I understand that there's nothing I could have done could do but 
for me, I'm just always feeling there could have been something. There should have been something. There's always something, right? And I have to learn to get past that. And so for me, the self-healing is something I practice often to try and get me through these occurrences every time that they do happen. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the awareness as being the most important part. And I find myself doing the same thing when something something happens. I have a knowing that, no, I could not have done anything different. I could not have changed this. But yet the fact remains, I still feel that I could have. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an interesting game that we play with ourselves. We have that, quote, knowing, but we're not willing to really feel that we still feel you know, like we hold on to the guilt and the what ifs and what I could have done as a self torture yep. <laughs> kind of thing. I, I don't know what, and I have the same experience with a friend of mine that passed away a year ago. Um, I had no idea he had, he had a drug problem and I felt like that was my, my best friend for three years and, we had lots of deep conversations and spent a lot of time together, and I never knew. And so I went through this whole process of, wow, how good a friend was I? I had no clue, no idea. What else could I have done? Was I not paying enough attention? Am I not as good <laughs> a friend or at feeling energies as, as I thought I was? And, and those still pop up for me. Sometimes with that, as I'm sure they do with you and, and a lot of people listening, like we, we play that game all the time. So I'm not I'm not sure how to get to that point of like I know I have the, I know it's not my fault. I know there's nothing I could have done, but how to really release that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a tough one. <laughs> and, and like you said, we all suffer from that 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 guilt of like why didn't I know? How didn't I know? What could I have done? What should I have done? I'm not as good as I, a good a person I thought I was because I couldn't figure this out. And one of the things I tell all my friends is give me that initial time to myself. Don't ever be afraid that I'm going to do something, you know, bad. I never will. I promise that on everything. I I don't have it in Mm -hmm. me to do that. Um, but I need to, I need that time to sit and feel. That's my mm-hmm. time to feel. I feel everything I need to feel. I feel the pain. I feel the hurt. I feel the sadness. I feel the guilt. I feel the anger at myself. I feel the anger at the person. It's part of it. Yep. It, it, it is. Just being honest. I, I, I feel it all. And I don't want to be bothered. And I just want to be alone. Want to be with my dog. Mm-hmm. I've got Matt's dog in my arm right now. Just so you know, <laughs> they help. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, that is my time to really go through that. Coming out of that, I want my friends, my community, my, my foundation mm-hmm. to t- then talk to. Um, a lot of... I haven't met many people out here that have gone through the overwhelmingly amount of loss that I have. And not just me, but all my foundation back home. Mm -hmm. So it is 
commonplace for me to go to my friends back home first, just sure. because we're all going through it. Right. Um, we've all been going through it, and it's easier for me to talk to them from mm-hmm. a understanding sure. point of view. They're experiencing the same thing, and that's that's part of healing too, right? Is is being able to relate to other people that have experienced are experiencing the same thing that we are. Mm-hmm. You know, because. I love you as much as I possibly can, but I haven't experienced all that you've experienced. So it's, you know, I can relate on small levels, Mm -hmm. but overall I I can't because I haven't truly experienced that. So being able to find people with like experiences or are experiencing the same thing in real time that we are, I think is hugely important to be able to find that, you know, someone else has this too. And that's just part of it because that is an important part for me mm-hmm. and it may not be that way for everybody but I, I think comfort is where you go to when you suffer any kind of loss but um my friends out here who and my newer friends that have not or cannot understand are just as important because sure. of the fact that you all are able to drag me out of that place with the gesture care and mm-hmm. your, your, your worry and your want to be there and help me and whatever that is. So if that's just a, hey, let's go grab a bite. Let's go watch a game. Let's just do something to get your mind off of just everything and just be present with me and with some a distraction of sorts. Sure. Um, and I don't want to say a distraction from what's going on because everybody knows I'm still going to feel and I have a process that I follow. But it, it, it truly does help me. Um, it's, it's one of the levels of getting through any kind of trauma, um, tragedy. And it is, it is a form of self-healing for me, yeah. just being around those that, you know, I think that is that is a part of self healing. You know, doing doing something outside of what we're we're feeling that is part of the healing process. That's not what we want to do initially, mm-hmm. because then it becomes ignoring mm-hmm. and not wanting to deal with. But just like if you break your leg, well, you're going to have to go to the doctor and you're going to have to sit at home with your leg up in a cast for a couple weeks, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then at some point you can start moving around a little bit, and then you want to test it. And you got to get back outside. You got to start walking again. If you, you play a sport or do an activity, you got to slowly ramp up to doing that. So, I think you outlined it really well. First part is yeah, spend a little time alone in isolation to really feel what it is. Not think about it, not go crazy about it, but really feel everything that there is to feel. And then we slowly integrate back in, right? We we, we talk to people that have maybe experienced something similar. We surround ourselves with people that love us, and then we gotta we gotta put a little weight on it, mm-hmm. and we gotta get back out into life a little bit, mm-hmm. and that's part of the healing process. Not as a means to forget or to distract, but this thing is still going on, and we gotta be a part of it. Still, we're still a part of it. Life isn't done with us yet, and so we gotta get back out there and do something and find find refine the joy and the beauty that still exists despite this awful thing that happened or that, that we're going through. So I think that that's uh, a beautiful way to illustrate the, the whole process is, is, is those, those three steps right there. And that was beautiful how you put it because as I 
stated early on is self-healing comes in the form of emotional, mental, and physical. And so, you know, I'm just giving my experience of, you know, emotional trauma, emotional wounds that I have to self-heal from. But the physical aspect is just the same. You know, you get hurt. I can't tell you how many people I've known in the past that have suffered injuries, some their first, very first injury, and have gotten that depression that they can no longer do the things that they used to be able Mm -hmm. to. And how many people sunk into that depressive state of mind? How many people got hooked on the drugs that were provided to numb the pain and ease the process? Mm-hmm. And it's it's that's a trauma in itself, having to go through something like that. So it comes in all shapes and sizes, and we yeah. have to we have to either way get off our ass and. And do the work. Mm-hmm. We have to do the work to heal ourselves in order to help progress and heal others. Just a quick side tangent because we mentioned it a little bit. But that first step of really acknowledging what we're feeling. I don't think it's as bad as now as it used to be. But there was this tendency to... I'm speaking from this perspective of a man. I know women have this, probably the same pressures. But in, in, you know, just speaking from, from what I know, what I experience, there is family, societal pressure as a man to not do that, <laughs> to be tough, to be a man. Don't cry, no feelings, no emotion, all that bullshit. But just like with a physical injury, if I tear my ACL and I don't acknowledge it, I still want to go do sprints. I can't. (laughs) I will tear something else up. Mm -hmm. And it just get progressively worse and worse and worse. So I think we've come a long way with that as a society, you know, recently. And and I know women experience the same thing too, so I don't mean to differentiate and say that's just a a man's problem. I know women experience the same thing too, and and women carry a lot of weight with, you know, taking care of families and and their jobs and everything just just, just as much as men do. but just that first step is really, really important to not try to be tough. That's not toughness. It's actually weakness. Because I don't, that's saying I don't want to experience the pain that is there. I'm too weak to do it. I can't. And that's not true. So the toughness and the strength is being able to sit and feel it all. That takes some real strength and some real power. Right there. So no one should ever feel weak or less than to feel that and to do that that process. There's no other, really no other choice. <laughs> I mean, it is capable to, to, you know, psychologically and mentally go on. We're going to be severely hampered in our lives if we do. But that is, that is strength and that is toughness to acknowledge what we're feeling and have the courage to sit there and feel it. I just think that's a really important point that maybe gets overlooked in this part of the ignorance. Why, why we ignore mm-hmm. instead of deal with. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was thinking about that earlier. Just, you know, and that's, that's one of the motivations for us starting this podcast. We are two large men, 
I'm on the shorter end, but wide and large. <laughs> yeah, it's a giant. Um, but yeah, to just express our feelings and really get into get into depth on our emotions and our feelings and open that up to everybody and know that it's okay. Um, growing up, I, my father had a military background. I don't think I've ever seen him cry. I can't remember maybe once ever. Um, and I just knew the expectation was to be, to be tough. Um, in sports, I got smacked, be hurting, mm-hmm. <laughs> had to get up and show no pain, right? Because I didn't want to show weakness, right? But in the moment, I was weak. <laughs> I was not my same solid, strong self. I yep. just got smacked by you know two, three dudes. So. I mean, it's, it's, and from that, I passed it down to my nieces and told them growing up, don't cry, don't cry, Mm -hmm. be a big girl, don't cry, (laughs) don't show that, you know, and I think about that to this day, how like, it didn't seem like much to me, it just seemed like me playing, you know, that fatherly figure role to Mm -hmm. make sure they didn't let anybody weaken them, right, but in reality, I'm telling them to suppress right. feelings and emotions that they may have been feeling, and that's not right. Mm. And for that, I've I've acknowledged that, yeah. and I've, I've now I take a different approach. I let them both know it's okay. It's absolutely okay if you have to cry. Um, I I think my youngest niece has picked it up better. My oldest niece still is stone cold with her emotions yeah. and I, I feel like I've taken a big role in that and I'm not proud of it but well I mean you did the best you could at the time with what you had mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that's you know her responsibility to to heal from mm-hmm. you know and that's not totally your <laughs> your doing you know I know I know the way that you feel and how you, how you love your, your nieces but you know that's one of the things in, in her path that she's got to work with Yep. And that will, you know, ultimately give her a lot of enrichment and a lot of, you know, power and, and love in her life by being able to find a better balance mm-hmm. with that. All but a wound caused, aided by me and myself that I have acknowledged and mm-hmm. become aware of. And that's why we say the first step for all of us is acknowledging mm-hmm. and being aware because things that, traits that we picked up we easily probably passed along. Sure, absolutely. And the world has changed today from what it was when we were kids and growing up. So we have to adapt and adjust as well as parents, as mentors, as elderly figures. We have to be better. And that starts with us. There's also a really fine line. Uh, I don't want anyone to think that we're saying... Every time you feel a little bit sad, you got to call out sick to work. <laughs> no, <laughs> right? no, there's a <laughs> there's a difference. There, there's a fine line with that, and I think it's the only way to define that is by our intention. Mm-hmm. So if our intention is something really affected me, I want to heal from this, yeah. and I need a little bit of time to do that. That's what we're talking about. That's that's the process we're talking about. Yeah. What we're not talking about is. 
Woe is me. Everyone's against me. I'm a victim. No one understands me. I'm just going to be alone because no one cares. And, uh, you know, the, pity the, the wussification of, of, yeah. <laughs> of people that we kind of go overboard. Yeah. Well-intentioned, but I think we'd be probably going a little bit overboard with that. I'm not a fan of coddling. Well. Yes. <laughs> I'm not a fan of coddling. I will, I will say that vehemently. I, right. I don't think we need to be coddled. I think that is the wrong message to send. And that's exactly what you're you're referring to right now. <laughs> yeah, we so are we're not just, advocating for that. Yeah. So we're just we're talking about a process with the intention of healing, truly healing mm-hmm. from something, and that does involve the time to sit with it and to be quiet, and but that also involves the attitude that I'm gonna work with this and I'm gonna let this pass through and I'm gonna. I'm going to heal this leg that's going to be stronger than before I broke it. You know, and that, that I think so. The mentality of it is the only way that I can differentiate from it. The, the actions can be different for, for everybody. Mm-hmm. But the mentality we want to have is this happened, I, this broke, and I'm going to heal it, I'm going to fix it, and I'm going to, come, and I'm going to be stronger and better for it afterwards. Absolutely. So that, that's, that's what we got to stick with. So with that being said, what... Well, uh... What type of techniques do you use to self-heal? How do you self-heal yourself from anything um, emotional, physical, yeah, the, mental? I mean, the, the lone part, I think, is, is really important for me to begin with. Um, I think being in nature mm-hmm. helps me a lot. kind of just see the bigger picture is kind of a... Not very thoughtful way to put it, but just see and feel everything that's happened. Their their life still exists. Life still happens. Yes, this awful thing happened. I'm I'm feeling a certain way, but look look at all this, and I'm a part of all this too. I'm a part of this beauty and this majestic, whatever it is, whether it's the beach or the forest or whatever does it for you, mm-hmm. to feel a part of all that too. So there is still all this beauty around, even though this awful, depressing thing exists as well. There's also another side to that. So I'm just feeling that connection to myself, to nature, and I think it kind of helps build the connection to others. Um, can also be really if it's if that pain's involving the loss of someone mm-hmm. specifically. I think it's also helpful to kind of connect with that person, you know, and, and being alone in a, a beautiful setting can help with that. Cause I would say 99.9% of the time when, when we lose someone, we didn't get the chance to really have that final goodbye conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. So being able to sit and feel the presence and, and the spirit of that individual and maybe just kind of out loud even <laughs> mm-hmm. say whatever we want to say and that can range um, I know uh, when, when my good friend died last year um, I, uh, I <laughs> the week after he died I had our, I had a work trip scheduled to Hawaii and um, I debated canceling it but I, I went ahead and went uh, I was a little afraid to be by myself <clears throat> mm-hmm. Uh, without without my wife, 
And, uh, but it was a beautiful thing because I got there and I had the, the first day I just flew in and, and went and sat on the beach. And I just got to really have that conversation with him. And you know what? Part of it was anger. <laughs> I was mad. Mm-hmm. I was pissed off. You didn't tell me. Why didn't you tell me? Mm-hmm. Um, being mad that he was gone. You know, I wasn't married yet, and he was supposed to be uh, in the wedding, and a very, you know, big part of that. And, and um, you know, we talked about, you know, having you know, relationships with our significant others and, and kids together and just, you know, being a part of each other's lives in that way. And, and I, I was so mad that, that, and I blamed him for taking that away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to get that out because I felt that. Yeah. And I was felt ashamed to express it a little bit, but I did. Mm-hmm. And then that allowed me to just reconnect back with him and feel all the, the things that he must have felt and how much, how desperately he was, must have been struggling mm-hmm. and really put myself on, on his level with that and come to a really, you know, yeah, and it still makes me sad, as you can see right now. Like I, I still miss him. Dearly, and we got Absolutely. you know we got some pictures back you know from the wedding and the videos and they're beautiful, but I, I miss seeing his. I feel sad because his face isn't in any of them. Mm-hmm. You know? um, so I think that that's the really important first part is that alone time to start and whatever venue <laughs> that works for anybody is is your choice. But I think for me, just just have a little quiet time in a, in a nice, natural, beautiful setting is really was really helpful for me to start that mm-hmm. that process. Absolutely. How about and, you? Um, before I before I go on for you know my my things, my ways of deal of self healing. Um, think our energy right now is feeding off of my sadness from my loss and your sadness from your loss. Uh, self healing doesn't just have to come with loss or tragedy as well. We can. We can always be working on self-healing, uh, even in happy times, even when we think everything is okay. Uh, it's it's beneficial to practice self-healing Absolutely. always, always. So also let's not, you know, don't confuse our, our tone and our message right now with you can be happy and still yeah. work on self-healing. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point because we just, we always try to be authentic. Yeah. We feel so this is just two situations that we... Are currently experiencing, have yeah. experienced, so we're just drawing upon those. But like Andre said, um, self healing check ins, like mm-hmm. they're important. Those are good to have on a regular basis, whether Absolutely. we're feeling anything awful or not. So just having those, um, like we talked about before, with you know meditation and helps with that certainly. But always having those check ins with ourselves to to feel where we're at and what we're going through. And if we did shove something down that was maybe we thought was minor, but still kind of hanging on and bothering yeah. us a bit, you know, take a little bit of time. Take you know. Doesn't need to be three days. Take 15, no. 20 minutes and, and, yeah. and check in with yourself and have that quiet time. Absolutely. Whatever that is. Yeah. And I love that you said check in because that is exactly what I do. I, I, I check in. And so for me, uh, I know I've mentioned in the past and I'll continue to mention that one of my one of my favorite parts out here is uh, the cliffs. So going to the cliffs with my dog and just Breathing in that fresh air, being by the water, being up high, um, indulging a bit mm-hmm. to just 
get in the right mindset. Uh, it, it really helps me. That's one of my favorite things to do. Um, going for a run helps a lot sometimes. Uh, maybe better with my exercise right now. I, I know once I go into these slumps, I, I slack off with everything. I slack off with my eating habits. I slack off with my exercise. I, sure. I slack off with everything. Um, All connected. And so I... I that's another that's another thing that I'm working on personally with my self healing of how to not go op- the opposite way um creating more stresses creating more just negative energy or blockage uh music I was that really comes from the that letting everything go really comes from a place of I feel pain. It's almost like we want to inflict more mm-hmm. <laughs> on ourselves in some sort of weird, sick way. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'll just not take care of myself and be mean and rude to other people or yeah. whatever it might be. It's almost like a um, just a desire to feel more pain, you know? And it's that fuck yeah. it. Yeah. That yeah. fuck it feel. Yeah. Um, I think we, we do that when things are bad or sad or you know right just not going the way we want it to go yeah. just something else to be aware of in our process like be aware when you're there mm-hmm. honor that you're there mm-hmm. <laughs> but acknowledge it too you know and, and be honest with yourself about each each step of, of, the, of the healing process and that's it being honest with yourself and trusting yourself to be raw and real and listen to your narrator that's up there mm-hmm. in the head uh that does try to tell you, fuck it, you know. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> fuck it. That'll, that can only do more harm than good. Mm-hmm. So we need to really focus on focus on making this situation better, not worse. Right. Very important. Yeah. Again, our intention is to heal, mm-hmm. not to be a victim. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so that's kind of the mental and emotional part you know we talked about adding in the physical as well i'm always Mm -hmm. a big believer in in physical activity Mm -hmm. creates those good endorphins and for myself i know physical activity again just helps me have that big picture view process things a little bit better get a little separation from whatever i'm feeling as well because again there's a a nice balance Mm -hmm. of fully feeling everything but not sitting in our pile of shit for too long yep <laughs> you know so we, we we do need to create a little bit of distance here and there with whatever it might be so you know i know for you know you enjoy your you know your walks and your um any kind of physical activity i think is a good buffer for sure for that um and then that helps us physically feel better if we physically feel better mentally and emotionally we're going to feel better too all those three things are connected so <clears throat> excuse me we can't just focus on one and ignore the other two because mm-hmm. they're all going to feed into each other. Yep. Now, um, also, and I, I was talking about this, I need to, typically when I'm going through self-healing, whether it be recovering from a tragic, industry, um, tragic event or whether I'm good in my space, I need to get better at reading. Reading. And I really want to start doing some self-help books. Um, I know you're a reader. 
a more of a You know, man, I've sucked podcast. lately, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there is one that I do want to... Like I said, everything in, we know, everything always... There's a reason for everything. Everything connects, and there's a why for everything. At the same time, I pull my card. Leslie told me I should read this book, You Can Heal Your Life, by Louise Hay. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of that one or not, that. but... I'm interested in reading that she actually got me the book. <laughs> of course she, <laughs> she loves it, of course she did. <laughs> so that will be my next read and I'm hoping to really learn some some things for that because in my stubbornness, I always think that I can heal on my own and my ways work and this and the third. <laughs> but I need to be more open to understanding that I can learn from others and so Reading is on my list of things to help me do Um, more self-help, self-help specifically. So we've been talking a lot about kind of big events with the feeling of loss through death or, you know, some sort of other main tragic things where there is a forced stop Mm -hmm. uh, in life. Uh, I think it's also really important. Oh, hang on. Our our poor dog here is having a coughing attack. Yeah. But there's other little minor things throughout the day that can occur too that aren't major life events where we feel like we need to, to stop. So whether it's someone just says a comment to you that triggers something, you know, makes you feel a certain way, maybe you don't have time to, to go through it right there. But if it helps, jot that down in a note or make a little mental note of that. Deal with the rest of your day, what you got to do. And then when you get home at night, do that little process, just a little mini version of it, right? Just sit with yourself a little bit. Why did that bother me? Why did that comment get to me? What was it really about? What have I experienced in the past that this triggered? Because this comment by itself, or this person, whatever this one person did, or they cut us off in traffic, or <laughs> gave us the wrong food order, or whatever it was, why did in this instance this one thing make me so upset? Or make me feel bad about myself. Just pick it apart a little bit. And and do like a really miniature version of that healing process. So a little bit of time alone. 10-15 minutes. Pick back through your, your history, your relationships, your childhood. And see if you can find the string of where that's attached to. And what the initial thing you experienced that caused this one not that big of a deal innocent comment or interaction to cause such a reaction in yourself just pick back through see if you can find it just just make those little mental mental notes because these little things happen all the time and use that as an opportunity to get rid of some of the stored negative bullshit energy that that we have we all have in our bodies like we all have the big traumatic things, but there's a, a bazillion little tiny things that just get stored up in there too. So, again, just those little, little check-ins with yourself. Why did that bug me so much? Why did that make me feel so awful about myself? Self-reflection. Yeah. And, and, Self-reflection. and pick it apart. Yeah. Pick it apart by yourself. Maybe talk to somebody else about it. And see if we can get in the, the habit of when that thing happens, instead of ignoring it, like, oh, that's silly, that's stupid. That's just shoving it back down. 
And now we have our initial trauma and we've shoved even more on top of it. So we're burying it even deeper, we're making it bigger. But get in the habit of if we can find where that originated from, the next time someone makes a comment or says something or does something that triggers that, it'll come up, but it'll be less. And the more we can let that flow through us, as opposed to holding on to it and keeping it, the more that flows through, every time it pops up, it's less and less and less until it's gone. And that comment doesn't bother us anymore. That comment doesn't make us feel bad about ourselves or get upset at someone else. You know, and that's, that's a, a long process, <laughs> you know, but that's what it is. Every time we, we get affected by something, it's an opportunity to heal. Well said. The last thing I really just want to say is um, part of that self-healing and self-growth is just don't be afraid to tell others how you feel, sure. what you feel, all but small or big. Um, I think it wasn't until I wasn't until around the time I left, maybe maybe a year or two before to move out here, so about six, seven years ago, that me and my boys just started telling each other, I love you, man. Yeah. Like, you know, we we just stopped taking, not that we took life for granted, which growing up we kind of did. There was a lot of stupid things that we've done that we've been fortunate to be here where we are today. Um, but we never... Never told each other we loved each other. Never told each other, like, mm -hmm. you know, don't ever be afraid to reach out. Mm -hmm. Like, and on top of that, actually reaching out to one right. another. Uh, we've been so much better over the years where if one of us is going through something, we, we set up Zoom meetings now and we, you know, we'll cry. We'll do whatever we got to do. We just open up to each other. Yeah. And I can't stress enough how... I mean, you know this with the loss of your friend and I've lost some friends in similar fashion um, or where I just thought of them but didn't reach out and mm -hmm. no longer have the opportunity now. Sure. Not in the physical sense, at least. Um, just just don't be afraid to open up. It's, it's the least you can do, but words are so powerful. Yeah. Um, just to know how someone feels about you, what someone feels about you, even that you're just thinking of them, mm. you know? As I've come to find out, you never know when the last time you have that opportunity to express yourself to someone and vice versa. Mm. So don't hold back from it. Don't be afraid of it. Welcome it. Yeah. And if it were something that you're just starting to do, it's probably gonna be a little uncomfortable mm -hmm. <laughs> at the beginning, especially mm -hmm. with with you know, uh, you know, a guy to guy, yep, kind of situation. But what I've usually found is if I'm able to take the lead in doing that, the other person's feeling probably the same way. They were just holding back because they felt uncomfortable with it too. Mm -hmm. So we give each other permission by by taking the lead yep. in doing that in our relationships. We give the other per person permission to feel exactly what they're feeling and, and, and say what they want to say because they're feeling the same thing. Yep. 
you know, and that, that's a really important part of being, um, let's say, our, our purpose here and our, you know, why we're here and, and being a leader in, in that way. That's part of it. Mm-hmm. Is we can be honest with our feelings and our thoughts with others. It gives them permission to do the same with us. And most of the time, we'll find probably feeling the same thing, and they wanted to, to express the same thing, and we gave them permission to. And that that's a, a beautiful part of that oneness and togetherness that we can experience. Beautifully said. All right, everybody. Well, I think we <laughs> probably just yeah. want to, to wrap that up. Yeah. Uh, a nice, nice positive end. So thank you for sticking with us. And then we, we kind of get into some uh, some deep stuff. Never is a, Our intention is never to be depressing or uh, dark, but just to share our experiences because... You know, it helps us talking about it, so you know, we hope that it hits that same point in uh, whoever any of you might be listening to give yourself permission to, to feel all those things and, and, and go through that process uh, as well. So that, that's, that's our intention, is not to be dark and depressing, but to really be uplifting and uh, show that community by, by sharing some of our, our darker experiences. So we'll continue to do that, and um, anything you want to share with us, we'd, we'd love to hear it. Uh, our email, uh, present tense podcast am at gmail.com, and also our, our Instagram there, present tense podcast. Um, also, we've got a special guest speaker coming up, correct? Yeah, next week we'll have uh, uh, my friend Laura, not my wife Laura that I talk about all the time, <laughs> uh, but our, our friend Laura, who's a, a clinical psychologist. So she's going to help us uh, understand a little bit more about. Um, the neurochemistry of the brain and, and our decisions and stuff um, and how that can affect our, our spiritual um, well-being at the same time feel more or a little more scientific I'm excited yeah. man I'm super excited we've been working on this one for a while so we're gonna we're gonna say this on the podcast so uh, she can't cancel yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> better be here Laura just good <laughs> all right thank you very much for, for listening uh, love to everybody and we'll see you next week have a good one